Hello and good evening, redeemed family and friends. It is a pleasure to be before you again on today. I praise God for you and certainly for Bishop James F. Harris and Lady Sylvia Harris. For the redeemed family, I thank God for everyone in their respective places. Again, I'm delighted to be before you on tonight. And my hope is to wrap up, get ready for your now. I enjoyed last week's lesson, so I'll take a moment and do a quick recap, and then I'll I'll creep into um, take two, if you will. But before we do that, let me breathe a word of prayer as well. Lord, we thank you for this opportunity, Lord. We thank you for your people. Father, we ask that you would have your perfect way, God. Walk around, throw your weight around, Lord. Let your perfect will be done on tonight, Lord. Meet our needs in the name of Jesus, Lord. Let something be said that might help someone, Lord, that might change them, challenge them, and charge them, Lord, to be more like you. Father, we'll be sure to give your name all praise, honor, and glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. So by way of quick review, last time we talked about get ready for your now. And one of our pivotal scriptures was Hebrews 11.1. 1, now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of not uh, things not seen. And when we talked about now, we said that means at the present time and something that was so important the last time when we talked about now is that now is the actual time for action. That action doesn't happen in the past. Action doesn't happen in the future, but we take action now. Edith just read our theme for this year in Ephesians 6, 13 and 14, wherefore take unto you the whole armor of God. And so we want to put it on, but that's where we start to use our armor. We use our armor in the now. And I think we looked at um, John 10, 10 and 11. And it's in this text that we talked about how many of us are being robbed of our moments where the thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. And it is at this point that I want to go to what Bishop James F. Harris said on Sunday. He said, and from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence and the violent taketh by force. And I'm of the mindset that we must stand our ground. And what I mean by that is the victory, as we already know, has been wrought. It was all done. When Christ died on the cross, he said, it is finished. And when he said it is finished, that means that we, both you and I, have the victory. But we must stand our ground. We must, we must not let someone come in and rob us of our gifts, of our goals, of our dreams, what God has given us. You know, even in our country, there's this law that's called stand your ground. And it certainly didn't get a lot of positive reviews um, during the Trayvon Martin day. But what this uh, stand your ground law does is it allows a person to use deadly force in a confrontation without any duty to retreat. Even when they can do so safely, they can certainly continue to go forth and they can bring whatever is confronting them supposedly to their demise. While we don't like the way that law has been used here in our country, in the spiritual realm, when we're talking about warfare and when we're in the now, we want to make sure that we stand our ground, that we be unmovable, unshakable, that we be planted just like a tree. Even if the wind is blowing and rocking us to the left and right, but we stand our ground and we stay where we should be. 
We also um, talked about some signs that we know that we're present or not. Some has to do with whether or not you remember how you got someplace, if you remember what you ate and things of that nature. And there was one other scripture that I talked about that was in Ephesians 5 and 15 that said, see then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Therefore, we do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And so by way of review, we want to keep going. Hopefully the goal last time was to raise your desire to want to be in the now. The challenge at the end of last week's lesson was to practice being in the now every moment, every second, every day. Today or today, I want to talk about how do we handle things when we're in the now? And what are some practices of living in the present or living in the now. The first thing that we have to do is we must recognize that uh, we must live day to day on God's provisions. Now, this isn't anything new. In the Old Testament, God provided for the Israelites. So, and he actually provided manna so that they wouldn't starve. But the manna came with provisions. That was that the people were to go out that day and gather enough for that day. If they hoarded the manna, then it might cause the manna to go bad or to rot. Later on, when Jesus started to teach his disciples how to pray, he calls back to this early manna given event. And he says, when you pray, pray like this, give us this day our daily bread. And so this then still has to do with being in the present, being current and understanding that when we are in the present, God will give us what we have need of, that we must recognize and understand that we've got to live day by day on God's provisions, not on our provisions, not on our knowledge, not on our connections, not on our education, not on our beauty, not on our strength, but on God's provisions, knowing that whatever God does, he does well. Amen. And as Christians, we must trust that God will provide grace and courage and love sufficient for each day. Though much of our worry stems from our desire to sort of control situations and their outcomes, but God intends for us to recognize that he is indeed in control and that he will provide everything that we need right when we need it. He doesn't always give it to us before time. I know you guys have heard somebody say, he might not come when you want him, but he's always right on time. So we want to make sure that first principle is that we recognize that we must live day to day on God's provisions. This is part of how he designed things to be. Second technique or tip, we want to remain uh, in the present moment. Now, part of our living day-to-day -day means focusing on the now as opposed to worrying about stuff. We talked about all of that last time. There's a scripture that drives that home for me. That's in Matthew chapter 6, verse 34. And it reads, therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. And listen to this last part. It says, each day has enough trouble of its own. The Bible tells us each day has enough trouble of its own. So then why would we go and pick up several previous days or several months, the trouble part of that, if you will, and bring that into our present? That's only gonna weigh us down and bog us down and become weight. And since we are surrounded by so many witnesses, we must cast aside that weight that so easily besets us. 
And so because today is enough for us to handle, and like I just said with tip number one, we've got to live day to day with God's provisions. Let's deal with each day as it comes, as opposed to borrowing from yesterday and bringing it in today, and then borrowing from tomorrow and trying to bring it back in today. We must understand that our problems can seem insurmountable when we start worrying about the future. You know, our very own Minister Atron Thorne did an amazing job on Sunday preaching and sharing with us. He certainly encouraged us. You missed a treat if you missed it on Sunday. It was Youth Sunday. He also modeled an example of what can happen when we start worrying about yesterday and tomorrow. He shared with us how he had been on a wonderful vacation with his family, and he was on his journey back home with his beautiful family. And then, lo and behold, thoughts started to creep in. Maybe memories of how overwhelming sometimes work can be. And then almost just the thought of, wait a minute, I'm leaving vacation. What is tomorrow going to look like? And because of that, just for a fleeting moment, he had some thoughts that were not lifting him up coming forth in his mind. And this is an example of what happens to us. This is why we've got to live in our now. And that's what he did. He started to take note of what was around him and what he could see. And see, he saw his beautiful family and then he started to do spiritual warfare. And just like Minister Atron did, we too must do that. We too must live in the now. We too must take those thoughts captive. We too must speak the word of God. This is all part of getting ready for your now. We must make sure that we have filled ourselves full of the word of God. And also, if we are going to go back and remember something, let's think on those good things. You know, Joshua 1, 8 and 9, one of my favorite scriptures says, this book of the law shall not depart from thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate in it day and night, that thou may observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. And in verse 9, he says, Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you, wherever soever you go. Whenever you are, wherever you are, I'm reminded of the Psalms that says, if I make my bed in heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in hell, you are there. God is Yahweh Shammah. He is with us and he's with us to do us good and not harm. And we've got to recognize that and appropriate that. So that's that second tip. We've got to remain in the present moment. We've got to make sure that we remember that God will give us everything we need for every situation. So we know that God is allowing us to live day to day on God's provisions. And then secondly, we've got to remain in that present moment. And if we find that we're not in that present moment, then we've got to bring ourselves back to the present moment. We've got to be conscious of what we see, what we're experiencing, what we're feeling. And then that third tip that goes along with that, it goes back to the thoughts, of course. I'm sorry, but as a man thinking, so is he. So we have to go back and revisit that. We have to pay attention to our thoughts. Paul writes it this way, casting down arguments or imaginations and high things that exalt themselves against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Now, whether you know this or not, we know the scripture says, as a man thinketh, so is he. But scientists have also realized that our thinking controls us. Well, we knew that because we believe the word of God. Other folks are just catching up to what the Bible says. But what that says, they found that there are more um, certain pathways. The more we use them, there's a bigger indelicable mark that's made in our brain. Meaning, if I'm using this pathway of anxiety, of fear, of doubt, of depression, of, of anxiety, so to speak, then it becomes bigger and bigger and bigger. And each time I do that, it becomes a larger and larger indelicable mark. 
What I mean by that is you may have been on the beach a time or two and you may have taken a stick and started to draw in the sand. Well, if you keep drawing in the same spot, in the same spot, in the same spot, after a while, you're going to see that there is an indelible mark. You're going to see a mark that's being made there. Our brains are just like that. If we keep reinforcing something, we'll get more of that. And those things will then start to drive and direct our mind. This is why we must take our thoughts captive. This is not just something nice to say. This is not just a scripture. This is this is word. This is the word of God that is true. And with that said, if we learn to do that, then we can start to cancel out the tricks that the enemy has for us. As a believer, you have to make a practice of flagging those thoughts and setting them aside. It is a If it's a what if thought, we want to set that aside if that's not adding any value to us. If it's a no real solution thought, we want to set that to the side. Now, let me be clear. This is not to say that we cannot prepare for the future. We certainly can. This is not to say that we're not organized. We are organized. But worrying about something or things that are negative or things that are going to take our energy away from us, we believe that then is a trick of the enemy. And those are the things that we want to set aside. I would admonish you on tonight to break up with anxiety, to tell depression that they can't live in your temple anymore to also make sure that you start to purposely choose to think on those good things, choose to tell yourself those good things, choose to expect great things. Why? Because our father is the king. He says he has a cattle on a thousand hills and he says he's with us to do us good. His thoughts are to do us good and to not harm. His will is that we prosper and that our soul prospers and he cannot lie. So if this is what he said. This is what we have to tell ourselves. Even in the face of those insurmountable odds, we must make sure that we continue to speak the word of God to that situation. What does the scripture say? Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. And we have to have the word hidden in our heart. We have to have those experiences where God delivered and brought us through, where he was a wheel in the middle of a wheel, where he was just a way out of no way, if you will. We have to remind ourselves of those things because that's how we fight. But when do we fight? We fight in the now. Where do we fight? We fight in the now. So we've got to make sure we're present and we're circumspect and we are aware of what's going on. Now, you see, if we enter each and every day, truly, truly, truly believing now faith is, truly believing that God will grant us all we need for that day, then we don't need to keep worrying about things. We don't have to keep going back and forth, so to speak. We can then start to rest and enjoy our present, which is the gift that God gives us. So whenever we realize that we're not doing that, we want to take a deep breath and we want to make sure that we check out what's happening around us and ask ourselves what we see and make sure we challenge ourselves to bring back to our remembrance what we know of God and what we know of his ways. Right now, we have enough to keep us going. Most times right now, we're pretty much in a good space. But let me take a moment and say this. You can't be present just to the pleasant things. So when we're in the now, sometimes unpleasant things happen. This is why we've got to have that word of God. Sometimes when we're in the now and we're in the moment, there are negative things that are happening at that point in time. But I am a believer that even those things are working out for our good. We know what Romans 8 and 28 says, right? And we know that all things work together for the good for those who are called according to his purpose. And so you might say, well, Jessica, can you give me an example of that? Yeah, I'll use Jesus first off. I've got a few examples, but 
I'll talk about Jesus for first off. He was very much present. If you go back and look at the things that he said while he was on the cross, he was very much in tune with what was going on. He was living in the now. And, and, and on the cross, he, he, this is why he said, Eli, Eli, lama sabethani, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? This is why he was able to say at the end, it is finished. He was very much in the now. So living in the now is not just about dealing with the positive, but it's also about being able to understand that there may be some things that are not quite so pleasant, but acknowledging and embracing them, knowing that those things, even if they are unpleasant, they're bringing you closer to your victory. You know, I'm reminded of my natural childbirth that I had with both of my children. And um, I had a wonderful nurse who helped me train to prepare for it. And she had taught me that, you know, when you feel that overwhelming pain, Jessica, that pain is just taking you one step closer to seeing your baby girl or seeing your baby boy. So rather than fight it, embrace it. Know that this thing is propelling you to your gift. It is propelling you to your destiny. It is propelling you to what God has for you. So even when we're in the now, and in the now, if we're facing something that's not quite so pleasant, we must also trust God in that situation. And we must know that God is working all of that out for our good. Ecclesiastes uh, 14a says, in the day of prosperity, be joyful. But in the day of adversity, consider, surely God has appointed the one as well as the other. And what that says is back to Romans. We know that all things then work together for our good. You know, it can't just rain. There's got to be some sunshine. There can't just be sugar. We need a little bit of salt. And we all know how cars start, right? There's got to be a little positive and a negative to get that car started and get it going down the road. And so I submit to you on the night when we are in the now, even when things in the now are not quite so pleasant, we're able to handle them with strength and with valor and with trust and with faith, knowing that God is even using that for our good. He's using that for our good. How we do that, though, is by having a really good perspective. Now, when we talk about perspectives, I want to just say it, it has to do with it happens when you interpret the meaning of information gathered. Like if something's going on, you kind of interpret it and you give yourself some sense of the meaning of what's happening, so to speak. It's almost like a script that's running through your mind. For example, if you were to go to a restaurant, you have a script about what the waiter should do. You have a script in your mind about how things should happen. You think the table should be clean. There should perhaps be some nice flatware there. They should ask you for your order. They should be polite to you. You have this script that's running in your mind. And just like we do at a restaurant, we also have a script that's running in our daily life with what we think should be happening. But we know what the word of God says. God says, my thoughts are not your thoughts and my ways are not your ways. And so we've got to make sure we're in the now. I want to drive that point home so that even if we're dealing with a situation that's not so positive, we can hear what God is saying and we can bring back the word of God and we can understand how God wants us to use that situation to work out for our good. We can only do that if we're in the now. We can really only do that if we're leaning on the word of God. And we certainly can only do that if we have a mind to believe Christ. You know, Hebrews 12, 1 and 2 says, therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, we've got to lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us. And we've got to run with endurance this race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, 
who is the author and the finisher of our faith. My God, my God. Ooh, talk about somebody working it out on the inside of you. He's the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame, and is now sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. So at the end of the day, he's our perfect example. You know, he's our perfect example about how being in the now, we've got to take the, the sweet along with the bitter. But even when we see the bitter, we know that the bitter is going to get sweet later because God allows everything to work for our good. But when we're ready for our now, then we can receive what God has for us. We can have the right type of perspective so that we can understand what God is doing in that hour. We can be positive and have a spirit of expectation instead of a spirit of groaning and complaining. Even when it looks like things are falling away from us, we can thank God for it. Why? Because we know God is working it out for our good. Amen? Amen. So it's our perspective. Is that glass half full or is that glass half empty? What are you telling yourself? Do you focus on the rose or do you focus on the thorn? All of that is perspective when you get in the now. Do you focus on what you don't have or do you focus on what you have? Do you focus on the one little bit that went wrong or do you focus on all of the great things that went right? The Bible mentions the importance of perceptions in the Old and the New Testament. And it says in uh, Job 33 and 14, for God may speak in one way or in another, yet man may not even perceive it. This is why we have to be in the now. But you must assure yourself, cast not away your confidence that whatever is happening in the now, even that is for your good. You might even use what's happening in your now to be a testimony for somebody else to encourage them. And on the other side of that, just like Christ was sat down at the right hand of God with all power and all authority in his hand, we too will have some authority in those areas where God has allowed us to be conquerors and more than conquerors. Amen? Amen. All right then. So with that said, we've looked at our perspective. We've talked about it. We want to make sure that we challenge our perspectives. We can only do that if we're in the now. If we're in the past and we keep rehearsing that and piling it up, then we'll get rotten thinking just like the manna. Let's just deal with today. It'll start to rot if we start to pile too much of it up. We read the scripture where it says each day has enough issues to deal with in that day. No need to borrow trouble from yesterday. No need to borrow trouble from tomorrow. Who wants to borrow trouble? But sometimes we do. And then also we want to make sure that we've got a great perspective, that we understand that, you know, you know, that, um, it's been given to us to know the mystery of the kingdom of God, but we've got to make sure that we have a, a still heart and a, a still mind to understand what God is doing. The last piece I want to get at is that we want to make sure that we're not conformed to this world, but that we're transformed by the renewing of our mind, but we can renew our mind in the now. That's when we start to challenge those thoughts, challenge those perspectives. That's when we start to understand what God's perfect will is and allow it to be proven on the inside of us. After all, it is him that's working within us to will and do according to his good pleasure anyway. And, and we want to make sure that we uh, take on the spirit of God. The scripture says that as many that are led by the spirit, these are the sons of God. And in Acts 17, I believe it says that it is in him that we live and move and that we have our being. So now when we're getting ready for the now and when we're in the now, we don't want to walk by sight, but we want to make sure that we're walking by faith. I'd like to close with a really quick story. Um, there's this story where um, there's this guy who was um, 
he was a, a war hero and he'd actually um, been part of a military base. And, you know, he was just, you know, I'll just read it to you. So he went to pick up someone else. He was in a ministry after that, and he went to pick up an important person, but he kept disappearing, going off, helping different people as they were walking through the airport. And so the person said to him, what did you learn to do all of that? And he said, do what? And the person said, well, to be so helpful and so considerate to others. And then the guy said, well, I guess I learned it in the war. And then he told that person about his tour in Vietnam and about how his job was to clear minefields and how he watched his friends blow up before his eyes one after another. He learned to live in between the steps, he said. He said he never knew whether the next one would be his last, so he learned to get everything that he could out of the moment between when he picked up one foot and when he put it down again. He said that every step that he took, it was a whole new world. And he says that he just learned that's how he lived. And so at the end of the day, I want to challenge you and me that we too must make sure we make the most of every single moment, even those moments that may not be so pleasant. Because even with those moments, that is when God is doing the most. That is when he's trying to get the most to us. So yes, we want to lean into that. Yes, when things get challenging, when things get difficult, we may want to draw back. But no, that is the time to lean in. Our bishop told us the kingdom of God suffers violence, but the violent take it by choice. And we must stand our ground. And we stand our ground by being present, by being on our post, by having our armor, by having our word of God, getting ready, putting on our full armor of God, and then being able to use our weapons at the appropriate time. We are indeed in a mighty fight, but we are prepared because God has given us every single thing that we need. My prayer for you is in Ephesians, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you and to me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, that the eyes of our understanding be in enlightenment, that we may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of his glory of his inheritance in the saint, in the saints. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe, according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only of this world, but also in that which is to come. And he also put everything under his feet and gave him to be the head of all things, the church, which is the body. We are the body. And God is looking, God is looking for some soldiers to go forth and do a mighty work. But we must be present. If we're not present, we can't use the armor. You know, Minister Pittman talked about David with that armor, but he had to be present to use it. When we're in yesterday, yesteryear, and when we're in tomorrow, we can't fight. So we must make sure that we attend to the present time, that we are current and focused and we're circumspect, that we pay attention and we remain in that present moment and we believe God that he will give us our daily bread. You pray my strength in the Lord.